Welcome back to Relationship Status. It's your girl, Neek Cruz. Tisha Samuel, a.k.a. Professor T. C.L. Butler. And your boy, Yusuf in the building. And remember, you can catch us on all podcast platforms. Just search Relationship Status. Neek. Yes. Uh, how did this uh, past week treat you? It was glorious. I loved it. It was, oh, you love this week. <laughs> That's an upgrade. It's <laughs> yeah. an upgrade. Oh, it's a big upgrade from one word answer. So, yeah. Do tell. Do tell. Just a lot of things are going well. Mm. That's all. Okay. Awesome. I'll keep y'all updated. That's <laughs> what? I'll keep y'all updated. Okay. Right. So, it's a work in progress. Yes. Okay. Uh, Professor T, how was your. Uh, my week? Yeah, how's your week? My week is great. It's been going wonderful. I got a chance to see baby Marley. Baby also Marley. Known as baby Marley. Kiki. Mm-hmm. And yeah. her brothers are not feeling me calling her that. They're like, that makes no sense, auntie. <laughs> it doesn't? It doesn't, but you know, hey, it's going to stick. It's, it's going to make it stick. I'm going to call her <laughs> Kiki. Is yeah. she the only girl? No, she's the second girl. Oh, well, yeah. So her big sister is Kinsley, and her big brothers are Caden and Kobe, so she has to be Kiki. Let What's her have her... her Different name, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, on her birth certificate, <laughs> <laughs> on her legal documents. Okay, yeah. brother CL, what's happening? How was your week? Great, great, great one. Awesome, great one. all right. Do great tell, do, yeah. do tell. Right? It was not, great, it's not much to tell. It's not much to tell, not much to tell. <laughs> not ready to share yet. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. not ready so. to share yet. Yeah, uh, no, no, not ready to show you, brother. What's that? How's the mixtape sales? Before I, before I get into my major questions, how's, a, how's the mixtape sales? Not, no mixtape sales this week. No mixtape no, sales. Okay. Shut down operation this week. Carter's been shut down. Oh, okay. It's been no. shut down. Yes. Okay. I got yeah. a question for you about. <laughs> I ain't gonna ask it. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. You have okay. your week. <laughs> <laughs> my week was uh, it was good. I had a, a very good week. Another class has ended. Okay. Um. My group, uh, your okay. singing group. Uh, no, my, we have within within my uh, class, uh, my grad school class. We've uh-huh. always broken up into these group groups, so we have to um, read a particular book and have we have a meeting and we got to return a reflection from the meeting. And so, there's usually a time for us to bounce ideas and stuff off each other about things that's going on in the class. So we had a final project where we had to take a lesson, take four lesson plans and turn them into something that we've been studying. Okay. A different kind. So I understood the project as I read it. When we got into the discussion of about the project within my group, one of the ladies said, yeah, we got to do a lesson plan from four different subjects. And I was like, but I don't teach no other subject but English. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to do four different subjects? And so she was like, well, I met with Dr. Higgins. Well, I met with a professor, and she said. <laughs> Just go ahead and tell the name. My fault. Yeah. <laughs> I met with the professor, and she said, you have to you have to do four different things. And I was like, well, that don't make no sense. So another teacher that's in there said, oh, well, it makes sense because, you know, we're, we're, we're getting our master's in curriculum, and if we're going to be able to um, tell people, you know, about curriculum and work with that, then, you know, we got to be able to do it in different subject areas. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So to me, I was like, that sounds stupid, but it makes some kind of sense. All right, you went with it. Okay. I went with it. Does it make sense? Huh? Does it make sense? Not a whole lot. Not a whole okay. lot, no. <laughs> no. Um, so I went, I went and got some other teachers to give me their lesson plans. I worked extremely hard and did some A-quality work, only to get an email from my professor. It says, we need to meet urg- ASAP, urgently. So mm-hmm. I said, because it was Friday, and I guess grades were due Sunday. So I said, because I was just clowning the girl who told me to do four different subjects. Mm-hmm. She got the same, a similar email. Mm-mm-mm. And I was clowning her earlier in the week. I was like, oh, uh-huh, see what you get. You ain't did all your work right. Mm-hmm. So then I get on the phone. She said, please tell me, uh, where did I go wrong? I said, where did you go wrong about what? She was like, how did my wires get crossed? I said, um, I don't know what you're talking about. She was like, why would you give me a lesson plan in science, in math, and in uh uh-huh, and algebra in science algebra and history mm-hmm. if you're an english teacher i just wanted Good four question. i wanted four english lesson plans that's what she asked for and so i explained it to her how i got to that and she said she said i was talking to shannon cuz shannon's an elementary school teacher and they teach all subjects so i needed her to do four different subjects she said it wasn't for high for school for for you you were supposed <laughs> to just give me four she's like so now i can't grade it on the rubric because there's a way it has to align through one subject. So she said, I don't know what grade to give you. I said, well, well, if I was, she said, if you were a biology teacher, <laughs> you get an A, you get an A for the biology one. Uh-huh. If you were algebra, you get an A for that one. So I said, well, can't we just give me an A? She was like, well, it was late. So I supposed to give you a C. I said, but it was late. Cause I was busting my behind on this. And she's like, I understand. So I can't give you an A. I'll give you a B. That's what I was gonna say. Meet me in the middle. <laughs> she gave me a B. Why was and it late? Because I had to. I had to. The, a teacher that I had to meet with for something I didn't understand her lesson plans. Because I had to understand the lesson plan to be able to execute what I needed to execute. And she, I kept trying to meet with her, and she just kept pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. So then I finally got a chance to meet with her about it via phone because she could call me. And then once we got into the phone call, kind of I understood, and then I went from there. It was late. So Seal's face is so not. Feeling uh, yeah, good. yeah, because that's he's like you were late because you did an, assi- an that, assignment that you weren't supposed to do. Yeah, and <laughs> you didn't do diligence. How I didn't do due diligence? You should have went to another teacher. You didn't have to have that particular teacher's lesson plan. You could have chose any teacher. She wouldn't have known. Uh, that's true. Mm. But that was the teacher that I, I have the. I would say in that department that I have pretty much the best relationship with that I knew she'd give me the lesson. She gave me the lesson plan on time. Yeah. I just didn't understand it. So I had to talk with her about it and she just, it just kept. Well, I'm, I'm glad your professor was willing to work with you. Oh yeah. yeah. I ended up, but I was mad cause I ended up with a 95 out of the class. Huh. Not a hundred. Oh, oh my God. I was mad. I got a 95. Oh, oh my God. Oh boy. No, serious. That's, that, that's, that's a big deal. Oh yeah. So well, five whole points when I had an A plus going into the final. A 95 is still an A plus. But do you treat life like that? I would like to think so. The room? Okay. The room? <laughs> not with you. Okay. You just lost the room now. Okay. okay. I, like I, said, I would like to think I do. You would? You think that's how people approach life or what? That's how people should approach life. So if we gave grades out, mm-hmm. should we give grades out? Because I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I like numbers. <laughs> well, I don't think. I think we should give ourselves feedback. Grades. How about other people? It depends. Like when you're in a relationship, shouldn't you give like a quarterly report? Like, listen. Okay, so yeah. like okay. if you're with a I'm with significant that. other, yeah. give me a grade on being a girlfriend. Oh, yeah, like an N.I.? Okay. And your parent <laughs> give you a grade on how good of a child you are, how good yeah. of a son or daughter you are. Yeah. 
So maybe so, if we kept that system in place, we could more people would. It would put a number on it. <laughs> it would definitely, definitely put a number on it. Let me tell you something. I put Some the, arguments. If I put a zero in a, uh, if I put a zero in power school, my email be blowing up. The parent, mm-hmm. the kid, what he didn't do as soon as the grade. Well, it dropped. could be a great talking point for somebody. I think it's a wonderful. Yeah, like because you know. like. Maybe not a grade, but a check in. Well, a yeah. check in. Not a check in, but I, no, I say a grade. Like come up with a come up with like a rubric. In order, I was gonna say, in order to have a grade, you have to have a rubric. No, no come with a rubric. Yeah, and sit it down and check off. Okay. Imagine yeah. a parent and a child trying to do that, and the child saying, "Yeah, you haven't been a great parent." Well, I don't know if the children the children should, are qualified to, to grade. Why yeah. not? But well, I'm just saying, adult to adult, adult within, to adult, in a within relationship. a relationship. But maybe a child, maybe they don't need a rubric. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever a rubric is, <laughs> so rubric, uh, yeah. no, that's the the list and basically the the categories. The categories. So of if your girlfriend things. is going to give you a grade, you want to be able to say like, here are the areas that you're grading me on. You need to know what they are before you get this grade. Mm, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you get, you know, if you get a, a, an assignment, and then so like, let's say it was a date. Mm-hmm. So she would grade you on the date. You know, like promptness. Mm-hmm. Uh, dress. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So to be. So to, you'll get a certain amount of points for each for yes. each thing. Oh wow! Choice yeah, of, rest, I choice of restaurant. Hmm? I think we can choice actually of restaurant. go somewhere with this I'm, conversation. Like yeah, mm, I think we could. Uh, lack of a uh, lack of. Um, but Nick, you don't like people to tell you stuff. Lack of so phone. Uh, lack no, of phone I don't presence. Mind. Okay, yeah. I love I feedback. We're I, going to. I'm sorry. Go yeah, I love feedback. But I think. But to sit here and tell somebody, uh. No, you no. got a sixty on dress. I'm like, I really tried. <laughs> I mean, but that, that's what a kid tells me when I give him a sixty on the test. Well, I really tried, Coach. Mm. Uh, well, maybe mm. you didn't know, and maybe it's a good conversation starter for early in a relationship. Yeah. yeah, I think as long as the motive is pure. If the motive is always going to be self reflection and improvement, it's mm-hmm. fine. But if mm-hmm. the motive is to belittle or to shame or make someone feel bad, then of course it wouldn't work. But if the goal is, you know, after I get feedback, I'm going to try to work on something. You know, like I think good, it could be healthy. Some, some good categories, yeah. dates. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah? Phone conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, time spent. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Sex. You know, mm-hmm. all those things kind of should have their own little subcategories under each. Yes, Lord. And, and both people need to agree on what those characteristics are. are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good idea. We need, to, we need to... I think we should do that. We, we should, should create a rubric. Let's create the relationship status rubric. And... And post it on our social media. See how many people would grade. See if anybody would grade their relationship. Yeah. Let's do it. Grade their significant other. Yeah, let's do it. And then have some people on the show to talk about. Do you do it anonymously? Uh, Could we do it anonymously? It can be done anonymously. I can set it up that way. But we might have some people who want to be on the show to talk about, you know. And if we do, we can have them talk about those grades they give each other. Okay. Creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Creativity is one. Yeah, creativity would be one in a relationship. So what do you base this on? First 60 days, first 90 days, or just wherever you are um, in a relationship? First 30. So we might have to have three versions of this. <laughs> early might. stages, we do then early? one for married couples, because it would be a little bit different. Yeah. Early, yeah. long term, mm-hmm. and, and married. Okay. Okay. Maybe. All right. Yeah. We're maybe, doing it. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's well, do maybe it. that's do it. the thing. Yeah. Okay, well, well, where do you put the notes at? And we're going to have to do it fast because people will hear this idea and run with it. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're, you're well, right. it's a good thing they got a couple of weeks. Now, the rubric, mm-hmm. would it 
have notes, a note section? Yes. yes. There's oh, always gotta, a place for an, comments. There's always a place for comments, which is the teacher feedback. feedback. Yeah, because you have to justify you giving a person a three out of five. If you give three out of five. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. all you're doing is it, up until that point, you're just checking the box. Like, uh, what is it? Beginning, um, at beginning, progressing, and, and advanced. advanced. Oh. And it sounds like category. my um my employees um assessment yeah I have to grade myself and then I have to give a comment on why I graded myself and then my manager turns around and she grades me and gives me a comment on the same thing. See, but I also think doing something like that, like some people think there's some really great boyfriends and girlfriends and they really suck big time. And I think they just need to know it. They probably don't know. Yeah, where, probably where, genuinely don't know. Where have you gotten this from? Oh, I, I I have been on both ends of the spectrum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have been on both ends of the. I must I must say, <laughs> I have been a very good significant other, and I have been a horrible one. Oh, you okay? Oh no, I would I would give myself an F many times. Okay, because uh, it's it is certainly humbling when you think you've been doing okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was like, nah. Yeah. Nah, you've been terrible. Like yeah. for the last nine weeks, uh-huh. been, <laughs> that's a humbling yeah. experience. Terrible. Like, like no, I was doing good. No. <laughs> like, nah, 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 buddy, that ain't it. And let me pull out some receipts. Yes, yes, yes. See, we've been to right here. Yeah, yeah. And you found out somebody almost broke up with you four weeks ago. Yeah. It's like what? what? Yeah. Are you t- and that's in the feedback. <laughs> yeah, it's in the feedback. Like, almost like, got broken up. Yeah, I almost walked out on you. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. we gonna have this conversation. <laughs> well, well, that would encourage conversations amongst. I think it's very healthy amongst yeah. uh, men and women and women and women and men and men mm-hmm. and whatever pronoun. Not whatever, but the pronoun oh, that my. they choose. I can't say that. You can say that as a woman. I'm not even going to go there with you yeah. today. Now. Yes. Let's talk about one of the things that help. One thing that could help or hinder us. Okay. In a relationship? In a relationships. The, is it going to go on the rubric? Uh, I think it should. You could ask about relationships with mothers and fathers. Oh, yes. definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and the trauma or non-trauma that it's caused. I think that's good because that's our I first relationship. First relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. I mean, who it else? Is. I don't know. I Straight from the. Uh, uh, no, nah, I wouldn't want to date. I my wouldn't mama. say something, but no, I didn't want I'm to tell you. Like that's the first relationship that you experience. Mm-hmm. You interact it's one with. with your parent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you think some people have been denied that? No. Because when we talk about it, it always seems to be in a negative light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But your parents can be good to you, so good to you that it's hard for somebody to date you. That is, is a, that yeah. thing. <laughs> so that's a, a a real place too. I, I agree. I think mm-hmm. um, to that point, I have had the displeasure of dating someone who was very, very spoiled. Um, mm-hmm. It was a mama's boy. Mama's boy. Yes. And he oftentimes would expect me to do things exactly the way that his mom did. He was not very open-minded. Without you like knowing this. her? No, I met her. I met her, not knowing her. No, I didn't I know her. Exactly. I don't know, I don't know how your mama biscuits <laughs> Right. <taste>. right. <laughs> and, and, and my thing was, you know... He was disappointed when he discovered that I wasn't even interested in, like, doing some of the things that the way his mom did it, cooking oh. the way that she cooked. I wasn't even interested in that type of cooking. I was evolving away from, you know, cooking pork and mm-hmm. putting pork in greens and stuff like that. And so that I wasn't sounds interested. So good. <laughs> yeah. But um, he was disappointed. You know, he was expecting a Sunday dinner in the middle of the week. And so because that's what he was used to. 
And my thing was when you evolve and you start a relationship, part Mm -hmm. of that is being open to trying new things or trying different things. Mm -hmm. But some people look for exactly what they're used to. So I guess that's a thing, too. You think yeah. people want to recycle experiences? I think some people yeah. do. Because it's comfortable. It's yeah, comfortable. I'm about to say it's what they know. It's what, it's they, what know. they know. Yeah. And, and I think uh, uh, people, and some people in general, I wouldn't say all, some people, um, they struggle with getting outside of their comfort zone mm-hmm. because it's unfamiliar. And I think unfamiliarity scares people. Absolutely. It, being uncomfortable, people are, un- you know, they, they're not willing to accept being uncomfortable. I also think a lot of time, like to your point, because I've dealt with a man like that. It was mm-hmm. like my mom, you you got to taste my mom's cooking, and her cooking was nasty. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Meek, it's not one that far extreme. <laughs> it, was. it cannot be what you like, but it can't be nasty. He thinks no, it's because really like good. he would talk about my cooking. He'd be like, "My mom, you you got to taste her food. It would have been way better the way she. I got to teach you how to do that. Mm-hmm. It was nasty. Well, isn't it your job to correct him immediately? I versus did. later. Yeah, of course. Like, well, if you don't like my cooking, you can go home to your mom and eat. I don't think that's addressing the issue. <laughs> it was. That's telling someone to, to leave. That's not addressing no, the issue. No, I was like, if you don't like my food, you can always go back to your mom's and eat. But um, he, like you said, he expected a lot out of me that his mom did um, every day. Like, get up really early, cook breakfast, and yeah, it, it was a lot. Wash his clothes, and we're not even married. No, now, now physic. Um, well, not physically. That's one demand. Mm-hmm. What about his mental state? What do you mean? I know he said his mom's cooking was, mm-hmm. but was it just more than cooking or cleaning or what you waiting on me or um, doting over me? I got gotcha. you. Unfortunately, in my case, um, it wasn't just you know with the way mom cooked. Like he subscribed to a lot of her beliefs. Mm-hmm. That were very limited. Limited? You know? Yeah, because she had very little exposure. So he was comfortable with just being okay with minimal anything. He didn't necessarily want to travel because he didn't travel. His family didn't introduce him to travel. Oh, so he was using like Windows 95. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> and he was 2000s. perfectly comfortable with that, you know, uh-huh. because what we were building together, he saw as a little bit of an upgrade from what he was used to. And he was like, this is good. This is comfortable. This is Let's enough. not go beyond this. You okay. know? Let's not get a bigger house. Let's not. So it wasn't just with the food. It was just I realized that, you know, he didn't really want a life that was going to push him or challenge him or, like Yusef said, take him out of his comfort zone. Oh. So it wasn't just the cooking. It was. So it starts with maybe just the, I don't want to, domestic capacity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what you see at first. Yeah, that's what you Mm -hmm. see at first. Yep. So how do women identify that? Or how would you tell a woman to identify that? I think it's important to meet people's family members or who Very they like so. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I do think it's important. So, if, what do you learn when you meet them? At what, but at, or at what stage? Well, not obviously not too early on. Um, when you're, when you realize that what you want is something long-term or you feel like you're okay with it evolving into something serious mm-hmm. and you're thinking about a future with this person, I do think it's important to meet the family because what I discovered is people who they are around their family or the people who know them the most is really who they truly are. Yes. When it's just you and that person, they're still probably showing you the representative, Mm -hmm. but your family knows you. Your brothers, your cousins, your homeboys, they know you. And when you are 
around their family, you're going to get to see a more authentic side of them. So I think at some point before you're thinking about long term and being serious with the person, it is important to see them in their space with their family, with their people. And so you're I not agree. saying just meet, actually no, interact. actually interact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're starting to see the, oh, you know, who's this? Mm. Yeah, he always bringing a different girl around. Oh, wow. I mean, because yeah, if you stay together, you know, his family is going to become a part of your family. And so that's um, a way to get it, some it, Is that how that works? Work. Usually how that Usually. works. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Families merge. Families merge. Mm-hmm. Now, on the flip side of this, since you and I, Yousef and I both date women. Yes. Um, what are. You to put that on <laughs> women. What, yeah. I mean, we do. Um, <laughs> what would be the. It would be a daddy issue, maybe. Or it could be a mommy issue as well. No, I think think men have to deal with both. Okay. I think women have to deal with both. I'm not sure. Mm, We'll tell y'all what we have to deal with. And you guys tell us what you deal with. Yeah, I was about to say, say how? I would say men sometimes have to deal with both. Okay. Talk about it. Okay. The first stage is maybe the father not being there, in one example. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the mother taking her hurt and transferring it. Mm-hmm. To her daughter, mm-hmm. so now you have two issues. You may have resentment in a woman who learned the wrong things from her mother, and then resents the fact her father isn't there. Okay, so that's why I say sometimes with men it's double, mm. because there's this myth out here that women don't get along, mm. and sometimes it's true. It <laughs> <is>. Sometimes <laughs> it's true. It is, you know, and especially if the mother has helped mm-hmm. said woman, whether she has kids or don't have kids or just moving through life. And the mother kind of under the belief that she did it the right way. And the daughter's like, nah, not so much. You know, like, it was okay. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like Claire Huxable. So break this down. What does this look like in a relationship? So how do you recognize this if you're dating someone and you feel like she falls under one of the two categories you just described? Or both. How do you pick up? Or both. How do you pick up on that to know that it's actually a thing? Uh, first of all, I think you got to ask a lot of questions. Okay. And you have to ask setup questions. Give yeah. us some examples. Um. About a woman, to yeah, because okay. y'all date women. Oh, okay, yeah. um, maybe. Like, why? Why wasn't your dad there? Okay. Yeah, that's. And then she has her opinion, mm-hmm. and then you might. That's it's me. Mm-hmm. I may kind of take the mom's side. Okay. Like you don't know what she was dealing with. Okay. She did this, and, uh, and then you can kind of see where the real tension lies. Okay. So you have to have a lot of setup questions to get to the answer. And okay. with women. Sometimes you ask the right question, they'll tell you they don't know they give you the answer. Mm-hmm. They would probably hide it. <laughs> okay. But they end up giving you the answer well, and they don't if even it's realize their truth, it. Then, you know. Well, that's the way you find out things. Right. Because I don't think you find out things when you ask people questions. No, it's just directly. Through, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's through, through conversation. It's I agree like, with that. Like, oh. Because I think when you when you ask a question, you're getting a per, a person that's time to process and mm-hmm. they think out, okay, here's the question. This is this is my answer that I'm gonna put out. When you have conversation, it's usually flow, especially if it's flowing mm-hmm. and it's carefree. Mm-hmm. You're not really thinking. You're just reacting to the conversation as it goes. Yeah. And there's no real, hey, this question, this question, this question. Right. It's just conversation. I think you see more of a person's who they are yep. and their character. Like you like you said, what's well, a setup question? Well, it may not even be a setup question. I may talk about my relationship with my mom and lack thereof, my relationship with my dad. Oh, mm-hmm. so she can judge and it, you? And it kind of spill over. <laughs> and it, no, and, and you do it kind of to open up so you can get her to open up on her end mm-hmm. to figure mm-hmm. out how what her relationship is, mom and dad. Oh, you're my, are you? And then it may start with, 
uh, you know, my mom and dad aren't together and the person goes either mine are or mine isn't. Mm-hmm. Mine mine are or they aren't. You know, whatever it is. And then that's how you open the window without, you know, physically going, hey, are your parents together? Yeah. You know, like. Because that sounds more like an interview and people can easily does. lie and make up, yeah. you know, oh, great like, answers yeah. on an interview. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm, I, Some people I've, know how to interview. I've never. Yeah. Oh, I've never. I've never been late. I walk into an interview room. I'm getting a job. I would say if I get to the interview, I got the job. You got the job. First 90 days, it's going to be some adjustments. <laughs> First 90 days, it's going to be some adjustments. That's why when I'm interviewing people, I take all the notes. I'm like, hmm, day 45, this doesn't quite match up with what you said in your interview. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have my own methods. Okay. But I, I believe in applying a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. We know that people. about you. Yes, and I'm going to ask tough questions and expect answers. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you'll see if a woman has some fight in her. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of women don't want to argue, but they don't want to talk either. Okay. So which is it? Well, it depends. Because they don't know how to argue without, they can't talk without arguing. And that could be just a defense mechanism. That Mm -hmm. could be things they learned in childhood Mm -hmm. or just their line of communication with. Yeah, I've seen it with men and women though, definitely. But they know how to behave at their job, which is so surprising to me. Not to me, because, you know, at the end of the week or the month or the end of two weeks, you're going to get a check and you need that. Yeah. Okay. So you apply a different set of logic to that. But I think I I agree with you. It's just that I see it with men and women, that people tend to be a little bit more argumentative when they're not comfortable having those difficult conversations. And so it's easier to either be defensive or it's easier to allow your voice to fluctuate to reveal that you're uncomfortable. But I just think it's something that we need to work on as adults. Like, stop being so afraid to have real conversations. Some people don't have real conversations until they are adults. (laughs) (laughs) People didn't talk to them when they was little. That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. And and with women, it's double. Because there's this whole man controlling women thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're doing it maybe to protect them Mm -hmm. or see if I can trust you. Mm -hmm. If they take offense to it, then... That train might come off the track. It, it might. <laughs> it may just go. If that's not something track, that you're going to deal with. But we, as women, deal with it. Just like you say, it's double. Mm-hmm. It's the same for us. So, mm-hmm. like, we might date a man who has mommy issues, whether it's he's a mama's boy and he's spoiled, or daddy issues where either daddy wasn't there or what he knows about daddy is that daddy was a player. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so we okay. are seeing some behavior that shows that you think that that's okay because your daddy did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and most most young men look up to the to their fathers, you know, Regardless whether their fathers doing around. well or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that's something that's a part of their behavior or their routine, you know, just having this reputation of being a player or mistreating women, then at some point, some little boys feel like it's okay or that's the thing that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have more than one woman, mm-hmm. so we have to contend with that as well. Oh. And they'll even make that an excuse. Well, you know, my dad was like this. And, you know, it just kind of, I guess it's just in my blood. Something wrong with them. It's just in their blood. Oh, it's a, people yeah. have said that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so what do women like say? Okay. Or. Sadly, some women, to me, if you stay and put up with it, that's, you might not have given a verbal okay, but isn't that an okay? It's if an you okay. Stay and yeah. Sil- with it? Silence is yes sometimes. Yeah, silence is consent. Yes. So you do have some that do. And it could be because of low self-esteem or it could be going back to what we talked about one time before. People are thinking that, you know what, I don't know when I'm going to meet someone else. So I'd rather just stick around here and see how this is going to work than to start over or to try again or to wait to see if I'm going to meet somebody else. Mm -hmm. Some people just go ahead and they just 
settle. They deal with the devil that's in front of them rather than wait and see what they could possibly meet later. The, the unknown devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we encourage our partners to reconcile with their parents? Mm. Now, that's early in our conversation, though. So, I mean, but, but would that and that's be- ongoing. Mm-hmm. But I but, I wouldn't tell somebody to fix their relationship with their parents because that can be da- more damaging to them. How? Um, I can give you an example. Me and my mom don't we don't have a great relationship, and okay. it's nothing I did. It's <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> it's, at all. No, because it's if you knew my mom, and even like speaking to other family members that see it says. It's the way she was raised. Like, she grew up, like, she's always been this way. My mom doesn't like women. Okay. Her thing is, is she has something against women. So, I'm a woman. So, of course, I'm the only girl in the house. She's going to take that out on me. So, oh. I get the, I'm the only person that has to clean up. I get the, if the trash isn't taken out, I have two big grown brothers. Uh-huh. If it ain't, I'm in trouble. Um, (laughs) Like, I'm expected, even electronics and stuff like that, that needs to be fixed. I'm looked at as, why you can't do this? I've seen that. Have you? I have seen that. I have a family member who is just like that. She doesn't like women. She, what? I know. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's shocking, but, Mm -hmm. like, even the way my mom talks about me. Like, her intentions are good. Like, Mm -hmm. she's trying to talk great but it's like yeah i don't know what she doing with herself <laughs> and oh, it's wow. like whoa whoa wait a minute um ma'am i make good money <laughs> i pay your bills yeah <laughs> and it's like she does she just doesn't know how to talk positive when it comes to women and i think it's some deeply rooted hurt that a lot of times our loved ones never get around to dealing with. Mm -hmm. So this person in particular who I absolutely love dearly and who's an amazing person, but I know that her history has been, she's had poor relationships with men, but they've all ended because of the man or the men being with other women. So that energy where it probably not probably, it should have been directed towards the person who hurt her. It was actually directed towards the women and so there was this bitterness that was associated with the, the kinds of things that women do, the nasty things that some women can do, the sneaky things that some women can do. You bring this woman around your house and you think you can trust her. And the next thing you know, mm-hmm. like that's some of the narrative. So instead of realizing that the person that who who caused this was the man that betrayed you uh-huh. and not these women, I think that's where that bitterness came from. Wow. So they made women the enemy. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nick, has that... Been an issue in your dating? Yes, it has. How, Shockingly. How was that? <laughs> um, I actually had a guy that told me, he's like, I can't deal with that. Like, my what? mom isn't like that. My mom would never do that to my sisters. Like, I don't know what kind of relationship y'all need, y'all have, but no. no? Because I, I talk to my mom like I would talk to y'all because that's how we grew up. I'm not a, oh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, because that's. I, we didn't grow up as mother and daughter like that, that type of relationship. It kind of like, like sisters? Yeah. So it's oh. like, no, you're not going to talk to me like that. No, like, I don't call her, I call her by her first name. Mm-hmm. I don't call her mom. So. Do, do you think it would, might soften it if you started? Oh, 
<laughs> I do call her mom here and there. Here and, and there? sometimes okay. she'll like get mad and be like, no, until you call me mom, I'm not doing what you asked me to do. Okay. <laughs> so okay. she wants it. Yeah, she wants it. And, and like her, like I, I do. And she'll even say like, I really did try hard with you. Like, I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but it's just, yeah. But like we will get in like full blown arguments. And I had a, a boyfriend who was like, I can't deal with that. Wow. I can't. So none of that rolled over into your relationship with him? Because um, you're talking about him relating to you and your mother. I'm talking yeah. about directly with you. Um, or if he had an issue with you? you think? I try to stop it because I see it. I mm-hmm. see a lot of my mom in me. Mm-hmm. And when I argue, I hit below the belt. Like I go straight to hitting below the belt. Mm-hmm. And that is so damaging. And I would have to like literally like step back and be like, mm-mm. I'm going to go ahead and stop because my mouth is very reckless, very reckless. And I even had a guy say, well, if your mouth is that reckless, like, I don't want to be with you. Like, I, if um, this, if it goes further than this, no, we, we don't need to go further. So you think of maybe some of the um, lack of respect for your mother uh, transfers into your relationship? Like, you don't feel like you have to respect men either? No. Or, or I shouldn't say men or people, because you might hit below the belt with men and women. Um, no, because I don't even hit below the belt when it comes to my mom. Like I don't disrespect my mom like that. No, like she does to me. Calling her by her first name isn't disrespectful. Oh my god, it's a lot of people to call their I'm their mother by her first name. I'm not. I'm not saying whether you're right or wrong, but like, it could be in with most adults. You don't call them by their first name. It's just it's how I grew up. I'm, it not, wasn't, I'm not. I'm not judging you on it, but it could come across as disrespectful. It's disres- no? it's disrespectful. I think it to depends. You. I it's. I think that when you're used to, and especially in the South, we're used to making sure that we call people by their titles and not by their name. So of course, I call my mom mom to this day, and oh, uh, that title. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Okay, another but, title. But she said that's the way she grew up, which means that as a child, at some point, it had to be allowed. Okay, let's say okay. What age do you think you started calling your mom, mom? Um, just any age. Just give, just give me a number. Nine. Okay, nine. Eight. How much advice would you ask nine year old Neek for now? Oh, none. So, you made a decision at nine that you're carrying well into your thirties, and you probably shouldn't because you made that decision at nine. Like you know the ramifications of calling your mother mom now, to maybe just soften her. So, you wouldn't ask nine-year-old Neek for advice. So, why are you taking advice from nine-year-old Neek? Neek. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's just... You made a decision at nine. Like, decisions I made at nine, if I carried them right now, <laughs> we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, if, you under, if you understood, if you were around us, like, me and all my siblings, I understand. call her by her first name. Like, it's... Neek, I understand that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But if it's going to improve the relationship, it won't. We have to. You can't you say don't that. Know that. You, you haven't tried it. Yeah, I mean, I call her. I call Listen, mom. Okay, have you called her mom consistently for a year? Consistently no, for a year. No, no, no. But, no. And you did say, like, when she says to you, "You're gonna, you're not gonna get this until you call me mom." I but that's, that's her a way thing. of saying. But even if it's new, that's a new it doesn't thing. matter. I think that's her way of saying new. that it's something that she wants to hear. Yeah. It you want to call mom? That don't <laughs> that don't make no well, difference in how she talks to me. Well, I, don't, well, I mean, even when arguing with her, I'll have to say, "Ma, ma, ma, ma," 
And it like that does not okay. because it's an argument. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah. it's completely different yeah, than you just waking her, up saying hi, mom, or yeah. calling, hey, mom. Because if I'm doing? fussing with CL, I'm like CL, yeah, CL. Mm-hmm. That's what you do too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pushing a button. It is. But what I hear you saying, CL, which I mean, this is this is very important. Um, I think that we have to recognize that some of the things that happen to us as children, yep. they are not our fault. Mm-hmm. But once we become adults. And we have the wherewithal to be able to solve some of these things and even go beyond as far as our parents went. You know, I think that once we know better, we can do better. Mm-hmm. So I've had to repair relationships in my adulthood that were damaged because of, because of an adult to me. So what I have used to bring to relationships was daddy issues because my biological father chose not to be in my life. Mm-hmm. He, that was a decision that he made. And all my life, he lived like four miles away from me. Wow. Four miles away from me. And it was very damaging to me as a child. Like, I still have memories. So you had to go by where he lived I never sometime? had to go in that direction. But I knew that if I, you know, oh, wow. if somebody, whoever I was in the car with, if they turned right, I knew that his house was down that street. Wow. But, um, but I have memories still of me as a little girl waiting on him to come by because he said he would. Like literally waiting for hours mm-hmm. wow. on the porch. Then I go back in and eat lunch, go back out and wait, have my little ponytails ready. He's ready. All straightened and stuff. So I remember at 16 making a conscious decision. Like I, I had this whole conversation that I emotionally divorced myself from him. Wow. Like I had a conversation with my cousins that said that, you know, wanting him in my life hurts me mm-hmm. too much to continue to have that desire. So I just remember cutting it off. So fast forward in my adulthood, um, before I got married, my ex-husband was like, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to do this without honoring who he is and, and having a conversation and inviting him to the wedding, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we did that. He chose not to come, which again, I was fine because I had taught myself how to no longer be hurt by his decisions. Mm-hmm. And so years went by, I mean, years went by and I didn't see him, didn't talk to him. So now at this point in my life, I went through something pretty traumatic he had heard about it, reached out to me and called me. He had never called me before. So I had never heard his voice over the phone. So never? I, never. So when wow. I answered the phone, Jeez. I was shocked that it was him, him calling me. And here it is. I had planned out this speech of what I would say to him when I got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But when what he you called, did, what you did. it was the complete opposite. Melted. It was the complete <laughs> opposite. So much so we had like an hour conversation um, I was able to tell him that I forgive him because the truth of the matter was like, I was really over it, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I had chosen to be bitter, it would have been a conscious decision and I didn't need that. So I told him, you know what? I forgive you. I understand that at the time that you, I even said, you know, you weren't mature enough to make the mature decisions <laughs> to be a father. I had to throw that in there now, nice, nastily. Yeah, but we had the conversation. Soul. And so he was shocked. He said, you know what? He said, I always, I prepared myself for you to curse me out because I deserve that. And I said, I would never do that to you because I would never disrespect you like that. But before we got off the phone, he said, is there anything that you want from me or that you need from me? He said, I'm going to keep in touch with you. You know, we're going to make this a regular thing. Is there anything that you need from me? And I said, yes, there is one thing. And so I said what the thing was. Uh And he said, all right. He said, I will do that next month. And that was our last conversation. He died before it could happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very last conversation. But he gave his verbal commitment that he would. But what if I had chosen to give the speech that I had rehearsed? What if I had chosen to curse him? Out? And that was the last. And that would have been the last conversation. And you made that decision at sixteen. Yeah, okay. at sixteen, I emotionally divorced from him. Mm-hmm. This conversation we had, I was thirty-two. 
Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your 16-year-old self. Yeah. I think you learned a little bit. I did. I didn't listen to <laughs> my 16-year-old self. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that sometimes we carry baggage that isn't ours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you pick up whatever it is your parents hurt. Um, You pick up, you know, hurt of uh, whatever adult might have raised you. Sometimes it's grandma, grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, That things that are handed down. I think CL told the story of the chicken back. Mm-hmm. And, like, why things kind of just happened and they kept asking and they kept saying oh that's just the way it is mm-hmm. yeah and i think that sometimes these things are just handed down these thought uh thought processes from women and from men mm-hmm. are just handed down like i think one of the worst things that i could hear a guy say well ain't nobody showed me how to do it so mm-hmm. i don't you know i don't know mm-hmm. and i think that there's some cre- there's some credibility to the fact that you may not have known at 16 or 17 right mm-hmm. by the time you're 40 by the yeah. time you're 35 well, nobody wants to hear that. Like, right. you know, especially, yeah. especially a woman you're dating. She don't want to hear that your daddy didn't show you how to change on tire. Yeah. Sure you supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you're supposed to know. I mean, I, I just think that we, we just end up carrying it, and for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, that's why you make a point. You can't, you know, would you take advice, which CL says to me a lot, yeah. would you take <laughs> advice from your 9-year-old self, from your 10-year-old, 16? You know, when you were a kid, do you have the same thought process today that you had at that point right yeah absolutely not do we pick up that baggage because we want a connection with the person no i think they no i think the person i'm not staying strategic i just think unknowingly this person continuously gives you this baggage for you to carry unknowingly because of whatever it is whether it's hurt Mm -hmm. whether it's you know like i think being spoiled is baggage me too you think so you know like being spoiled is baggage because you're 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 carrying around um, I'm gonna spoil you because I wasn't spoiled. Yep. I'm, okay. I'm gonna give you everything because I had nothing. Are you talking I don't about date men. Children? Yeah, I'm talking, no, I don't no, date I'm saying, men because those children grow up to be men and women who are now carrying around this baggage of being spoiled. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't date men that spoil their kids, and I, I get so <laughs> hit hard with that. You hate like, kids. No, I don't hate kids. Oh. She didn't. <laughs> you gotta ask the question. No, no, it's a you gotta ask the question. Like. like like I had, but that's a judgment call, right? Yeah, because yeah. what's what because what might be spoiling to you might not be spoiling to them, and I think that that's where that thin line is. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know if I could judge somebody on them what I perceive as spoiling their child because they may have the money to do certain things, and that's where and like a lot of people hit me with, well, well, if they got it, why not? But is that child working for it? What is that child doing to deserve that? Like, I had a conversation with a guy, and he was like, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to buy this iPhone 11 Pro for my daughter. And I was like, well, how old is she? Six. What she need it for? You asked that man. <laughs> yeah. What she need Because he asked that's me, should a, he a, do it? Yeah. So it was like, what does she need it for? And he was like, well, she wants to FaceTime me, buy an iPad. There's an alternate item that you can buy, you can purchase. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to buy her a iPhone, a five hundred dollar phone, a eleven hundred dollar phone. Eleven hundred. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Yeah, yeah. 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 A little more so, so cost, cost a little bit of bread. So right now, I'm not just looking at how you spoil your child, but your finances. Like you just throw money away like that because if she breaks it tomorrow, if he can afford it, is it throwing money away? And I and that's a rhetorical question. But what I look at is I look at have you spoiled the person to the point that now he or she is a brat, or 
can this person, are you spoiling this person and you and this person sees it as a blessing? Because there are some people that they, they grew up in, in poverty. Yeah. They didn't have much. So they want to provide better opportunities for their children. They didn't get a chance to go anywhere when they were little. So now they take them on no. vacations and things like that. I can like see that. that. How can you see that and you can't see the iPhone love? Because, like, taking your children somewhere is experience. So if you can afford to take your child to Disney World, that's an experience that they have, that I think every child should have. Taking them on trips and stuff like that, that's an experience. That's getting them outside of their comfort zone, their neighborhood. They don't know just this. They know other things. Okay. Things are not going to be easily, they're not going to be easily impressed because they've been places. But just to say, oh, because I have it, here's an iPhone. And they don't even know how to operate it. iPhone 11 can take you anywhere in this world. (laughs) Like anywhere, literally. Like you could... But she barely knew how to talk. Well, I mean, I well, listen, I agree with you about kids. I don't yeah. think no kid under 10 needs a phone, but mm-hmm. that ain't my, I don't have children, so that ain't none of my business. But I think it's ridiculous. I agree. Personally. Yeah. And it ends up, and it ends up being more babysitting by, through the phone than it is an actual use for the phone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, I'm probably not the best one for that. Because <laughs> I, I think it's silly. I just started to notice, like, with, when it comes to spoiling you're well when men say they spoil especially they spoil little girls it's just like hey daddy i need five hundred dollars whoa why we're well it's gonna grow it might start with just a phone or something or yeah a barbie house or something it's gonna grow but you think that father is setting his daughter up for failure yeah because it'll like i've been with a guy that daughter had a full-blown tantrum at 15 years old because she couldn't get this computer, um, a MacBook for Christmas. Oh, and it was your fault? No. Oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other hand. Like, I'm on the phone here, and she's like, son, son, son. Like, she's going off. Her mom gets on the phone. Her mom is going off. And, like, he goes and actually gets a loan out to go get but, her. Okay. I can't do that. Would it be different for you if you're dating a guy who, by definition of spoiling, does spoil their child, but there's also this balance of discipline where the child is still respectful. Um, the father steps in immediately and doesn't tolerate those tantrums. Because I, I think what I've seen is, like, I know that I couldn't date a guy whose children are brats. Okay. okay yeah. I could not do that. But, you know, if him, you know, I, I guess giving their children gifts or giving them things. And number one, it doesn't take away from us. <laughs> that's that's one thing. Oh, okay. That, that is an issue too, right? That's an issue. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. an issue. Yeah. It doesn't take away from us. But also, if there's th- this balance of giving you some finer things and balancing with respect and discipline, I think that's something that I can appreciate. I could too, but that tantrum from oh, a 15-year-old. Yeah. No, we're not doing that. Like, I Well, the I 15-year-old can't. tantrum isn't a problem. It was the tantrum at two. That never was uh, yeah. corrected. So it's but just, see, you see how far it got that no one's corrected it to the point where she thinks that she can still do it. Oh, yeah, but that's why men have to put their foot down early in a relationship. Also. He's like, that's my baby girl. That's my only girl. That has nothing to do with nothing. I want to go back to a question that CL asked you, Nick, because, you know, this is a great example where you were talking, sharing your personal story about, you know, you and your mom and how that's impacted relationships. He asked earlier, like, what if you're dating a guy and he says to you, However he says it, you know, you really need to work on and fix that relationship with your mom. How would you receive that? Um, would you be offended by that? No, because I've been told that. But even, like, friends mm-hmm. have said that. Um, I would ask how. How do you 
how would you see fit for me to fix that relationship? Because like right now we, what it is is what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a question about how with women. Okay, you ask me how, and then I tell you you don't do anything. Why should I answer how if you're not going to do anything? I say plant the seed and watch it grow later. Yeah. Oh, that's what we got to do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> because right. like, just because you gave that advice, it may have been good advice. But you're saying, you're saying why? Like you're gonna do something? So yeah. See, I'm not why? gonna ask how. <laughs> yeah. How? How? Why, like, how you know that? I'm not gonna ask you how. <laughs> okay. No, because okay. I, it out. you know, I'm still open to opinions when it comes to working on that because I never know someone else's background. Mm-hmm. They may have said, you know what? I've seen this before. This helped it. But you're not the only person in the world with this problem. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. So it has it has to be a fix, but you yeah. have to seek out the fix. Yeah. So but I mean like with me and my mom's relationship, like it's not always rainbows and unicorns, but it has gotten to a better place because I understand her a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But, so we don't fuss as much. Okay, but that complexity with you having children, mm-hmm. do they understand it? Because they might see that and they think, well, if my mama talked to her mama that way, I can talk to my mama that way when I get that Little age because I'm grown. Because there's this myth that when you're 18, you're grown. <laughs> and you can do whatever you want to do. And, Total myth. And it's <laughs> I was not ready. ready. I was, I was not, not ready. ready for life. I'm no. still not ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, you don't want that to rub off on them and them thinking it's. It's okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, ugh. That was a big thing when I had children. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want my children to grow up. Not saying I grew up bad or horrible. Like, I was a spoiled child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, but that, just, that's just how my mom was. Okay. Like, no, you're not going to be able to. Like, like I said, her intentions are always good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just her delivery. Lord. But um, with my girls, no. They have to, they have to call me mommy. Like, I don't answer to... Janique, no, don't you dare. Um, I'm raising them. Not saying my mom didn't raise me, but for a big part of my life, I was raised by a group of women. Mm -hmm. And my mom is the baby. So, like, she's spoiled. And she's used to getting her way. So, like, it's just, it's a lot. (laughs) But, no, like, mom, even if my kids did, like, try to, well, my mom is going to go off on them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like no, we we're gonna correct that right now. We're okay. not gonna have that. So no. But no. but but is that their perception? Because um, that's what you see. Because I'll I'll give you an example. When I was raised, I had a perception, mm-hmm. and there was some things that really happened. And I've always been a glass half full. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with a lot of uncles. I really didn't see the bad, mm-hmm. like. In some cases, they were kind of terrible people. But all I know is my interaction with them. So when I speak to them, I only speak about it in this high regard. This is all I know. Right. Asked that man for $2, he gave me $2. Like, mm-hmm. that man got money. Mm-hmm. We good. <laughs> <laughs> like, he got money. But what what he was doing and how he was treating auntie, yes, you didn't know. I have no idea that. Yeah. So my perception, I was like, he was what? He's good. No, your uncle's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> who are you? Who's this person you speak of? <laughs> so the perception and the reality will be different. We don't know what they perceive. That's true. So right. y'all have to make the reality as real as it really is. Yeah, my kids are, are really logical, and they're 
Honest. That's what everybody Very, says, Nick. <laughs> you never met my children. Nick, everybody says if, that about their kids. Like, if my mom was to say, like, in front of, like, we don't fuss in front of my kids. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you don't have a choice of us. No. <laughs> Some it's people like, attack you. Like, growing up, I had to be around that with my mom, mm-hmm. of fussing and arguing, growing up. So, for me and her, never wanted my kids, or my, like, my brothers or my kids have never experienced, like, Fussing, cursing, and mm-hmm. throwing, and none, none of that. Well, you have, right? Mm, yeah, I did. <laughs> so it still happened to somebody. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it happened to somebody because <laughs> I grew up with my mom like that. So, like, that was the no, this is not going to continue. Um, but with my kids, if my mom says something out of the way, my daughter would ask, well, mom, that wasn't very nice. Mm. That That was, like... That made me feel bad. That's disrespectful. Smart kids. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom is at this point in her life, she doesn't treat my girls how she treats me. So she's like, okay, you check me. They're usually better at grandparenting than they are at parenting. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are. Yeah. They, they are. I, w- I was uh, actually watching a uh, Ayana mm-hmm. fix my life, and she had a WNBA player on there, and I okay. won't say her name. Just You can go watch the episode. But – the mom was jealous of her daughter and the grandmother's treatment of her because she thought her mother mistreated her as a child, wow. but treated her grandma, but treated her daughter like mm-hmm. a princess. So she actually almost like Sybil, Sybil no. Sibling, sibling rivalry, sibling rivalry mm-hmm. between the two. Mm-hmm. And it caused division amongst them. And I've seen that. Yeah, they're like falling apart. Wow. And yeah. a lot, like you said, she called her mom by her first name. She's mm-hmm. like, that's her name. I'm not <laughs> calling her mama. She didn't mama me. I've seen mm-hmm. that episode. Yeah. 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 Some healing needs to take place before there's a true change. Mm-hmm. But gentlemen, what about you? What mommy issues and or daddy issues um, do you have? Have you carried and how have they impacted some of your relationships? Um, Let's start with mommy issues. And, and of course, the other's going to be like, I ain't got no mommy issues. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. My mom's kind of perfect, but <laughs> that's sweet. <laughs> yes, but she is. Ah, I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Maybe always having a good face. Okay, you know, or always like I don't. Are showing you that everything is good. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Like I never seen it. Like I said, I've never seen my parents argue. So that's it. let's let's work on that. So one. that so can be a thing. It could yeah. be a thing when you're in a relationship with other people because. Does it make it harder for you to empathize with people when maybe they might be looking at a situation that they're going through and it's so traumatic to them and you're looking like, it ain't even that deep? Um, I was going to ask, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, mm-hmm. depends on what it is, especially okay. if it's things you can change. Okay. Now, if, if we're in good shape, if I have to change. Okay. We're in really good shape. I'm, I may not even like it, but if it makes sense, I can. You can adjust. I can be logical about it and okay. wrap my arms around it. All right. But if it's just something you don't you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to reveal it, you don't want to heal it, and you just keep going, hey, what can I do? I'm out. Like, I can't. I'm not. Okay. Not going to do it. I, I I'll give you a little bit of time, yeah. but I'm not. I'm not doing it. It's crazy. I understand. No. So, so maybe. A little less tolerance, you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. My mom will be done with it now. She said, she's done with you? <laughs> done now. Like, she's done. Like, if she... No, we ain't talking about it no more. Okay. So maybe that. I don't, yeah, but I don't yeah. know. My mom... And that doesn't make it a bad thing. It's Mm-mm. just that, you know, most people, because we are very complicated human beings, um, and 
you'll find that a lot of people don't necessarily have that emotional strength and maturity that you obviously have. Mm -hmm. So that means that people that you encounter, they are going to be dealing with things very differently from you. Oh, absolutely. You know? (laughs) And so sometimes like you being (laughs) very matter of fact, very logical, it can be perceived as you being emotionally detached Mm -hmm. and not empathetic towards what they're going through. Yes, I really just give you some judgmental. Money. <laughs> I really just give you something right here. Can you go buy something and leave it? Like I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it at all. But I, I will say, me and my mom have found a common ground mm-hmm. with my dad sometimes. Because sometimes my dad, not wacky ideas, but sometimes I feel like this don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now we're both at an age where she can say, "You know your daddy dumb, right?" I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> I've been wondering this my whole life because we. They're always on the same page. Mm-hmm. So now she's like, don't listen to your daddy. Just go ahead and do what you was going to do and do what you want to do. No. But I never, I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yusuf? Uh, we going mommy and he's going back daddy and I'm going daddy. Yeah, you doing mommy. <laughs> We've heard your daddy issues. Uh, Mom. Jeez. I would say my mom inflicted a lot of the, I wouldn't say inflicted. She projected a lot of her hurt from my dad mm-hmm. on me. Um, not really my brother, but mostly on me. Um, she says I was the one that acted the most like my dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said that before. Yeah. Probably so, look like him too, don't you? Mm-hmm. No, I look like my mom. Oh, okay. Look like your mom. Okay. I look like my mom. Well, everybody says that. Yeah, because you say your brother looks just like, like your dad. Yeah, my brother looks like my dad, and I look like my mom. Um, and she kind of has always kind of projected that hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, for him, the for him leaving, on me, a lot of the times, and I mean, me, and my mom, it isn't until probably the, when I graduated college, um, when I was older, older when I graduated college, I was twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when me and her kind of had, I would say, some sort of reconciliation. Um, but I really like disliked my mom for a very long time. Mm-hmm. As a child, or as a child, as an as an adult. Like oh, I just, wow. I never disrespected her mm-hmm. to the sense of you know f you or curse her out or nothing like that, um, but I re- I resented her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't support me. I played sports all throughout high school. She never came to anything. Um, well, then again, none of my family members came. So I guess it's <laughs> family. Um, but you kind of expected from. But I lived with her. People, I lived yeah. at the time in which I was really into it. I was living with her, mm-hmm. so that bothered me. Um, and I kind of took that resentment and she actually kicked me out the house at one point as older. Now I deserved every bit of being kicked out the house, but, uh, she kicked me out the house and I held resentment for her there. Um, and like I said, it wasn't until recently, I would say like in the last, put like this, our relationship was rocky Mm -hmm. until my brother got locked up since my brother's been locked up. Oh, you moved into that number one slot? I moved into the number one slot <laughs> <laughs> since he got locked up. But what I will say is some of it is my mom's dependency on some on something. Mm-hmm. See, my mom is, well, the family's from Trinidad, or she's Trinidad, and her dad is in Trinidad. Her mom is lives in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. They don't speak. Oh, wow. Her mom... Uh, Cut her off when she joined the Muslim faith when she married my dad. Mm-hmm. Cut her off completely. Now, according to my mom, um, my 
And according to my great grandmother, well, mm-hmm. according to my grandmother, because I had this conversation with her, she, my mom says she never liked her. My grandmother came over here to the States from Trinidad and left my mom with my granddad and his sister. And my great aunt, Aunt, Isa, aunt Isabel, actually raised my mom. Mm-hmm. And then my mom came here to the States looking for her mom. Oh, wow. Ended up going to Brooklyn College. Met my dad mm-hmm. and, you know, had reconnected with her mom. But her mom wouldn't, at this time, that's how she met her mom. She found out she had three sisters, my Auntie Margo, Auntie Vanessa, and Auntie Nicole, uh, and another aunt, um, Auntie Margo. And then, so then they started to connect there. But then the, her, grand, her, her mother still didn't want nothing to do with her. And so, like, she couldn't stay, she couldn't live at the house with her. So my mom had to rent a room. Mm-hmm. And then she went to Brooklyn College where she met my dad. And then she became Muslim. I think my mom was just looking for something to attach to mm-hmm. because she couldn't attach to her family. The family she loved and knew is in Trinidad. Gotcha. Here, she had nobody. So what ends up happening now is they don't talk. So when I had an opportunity when I got a little bit older to talk to my grandmother, because it bothered me, mm-hmm. uh, to talk to my grandmother just to get an understanding, my grandmother claims that my grandfather date raped her. Mm-hmm. And that's how she became pregnant with my mom. Oh hmm. wow! So that's why she can't. That's why she finds ways. She didn't say that's why, mm-hmm. but I kind of started to put two and two together. Yeah, and go okay. Well, if that was her perception, apparently it was a big, huge thing because my family in Trinidad is a very prominent family. Mm-hmm. So for her to have accused my granddad, who comes from a prominent family, money, land, they own a lot of stuff. For that to have happened, it was a big thing, and so. My grandmother claims that's the reason why she left Trinidad. Oh. So. It, and none of these things got talked about. No, Mm-mm. my mom and her have don't talk. So there was a point where my mom was actually, when they said she was about to pass, they, somebody, they thought my mom was going to die. And so I called my grandmother and I said, I know y'all not talking, but she's about to die. You need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then I went and flew home and she was there and she was going nuts on the doctors and all of that. And, all, and then. I thought once my mom got better, because it turned across, I mm-hmm. thought their relationship would have gotten better. They haven't talked since. That was 2004. They haven't spoke since. Since 2004? Since 2004. And my so now with my brother gone, my mom has no friends. Like, literally all she has is me. Mm-hmm. And then she goes sees my brother every Saturday. But it's me, and that, and that's it. And when I was younger, I would wonder, why is she always going back to Trinidad? Like, she would go back to Trinidad. My mom goes to Trinidad four or five times a year. And it's because she just doesn't have anything here. And now it's been, since I've been here, and my brother's been locked up for the last three years, it's been more, even more frequent. Right, right. So, you know, I, I understand some of why she did what she did. And I think when my dad left, that was like the, mm-hmm. the straw that broke the camel's back. Because shoot, right after that, like I said, clinging to things, she ended up in a relationship with a guy that was physically abusing her. You know, would bring other women home and make her sleep in our bedroom. In, oh, whoa. In the house where my mom paid the rent. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it was like, so I kind of, and she blamed my dad for that. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. A lot. The funny thing about that story was, as much trash she talked about my dad, as much trash my dad talked about my mom, when I told my dad what was happening, when I finally did, after it was probably about six or seven months, my dad said, leave the door open. And I ain't see, we ain't see Winston dude since. Oh boy. All right. So I, I don't think he did anything because we didn't hear nothing. Okay. Uh-huh. But I know he went, he, he came in and had a conversation. I, we didn't hear any Russell Bustle. Mm-hmm. 
I know Winston was out. And okay. my mom cried for days. That he left? That he was gone. Wow. So, I don't know. Um, but a couple, like I said, about a couple months ago, um, she told me that she's always been hard on me. Harder on me than my brother. Because I asked her, I said, you know, he's been locked up repeatedly. Won't take his meds. You know, and you continuously run behind him. You've always kind of done things for him. Me? We got an argument. You and me out of the house. Mm-hmm. And made it so I couldn't go to anybody else's house. Mm-hmm. You literally watched me be homeless. Him? You steady do stuff. She was like, I was like that with you because you were stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. She's like, I just knew yeah. you were stronger. You could take it. He needed her more. And I know that like, sounds. And she was yeah, like, my mom your brother, said that. She yeah. said, your, your brother just Little unfair. can't take it. It is unfair, but. Well, I mean, and, and I. <laughs> Which is funny, CL told me that I do this. I don't believe in being fair for adults, but kids, I go, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make Edison do some stuff because yeah. of me here. Um, he was like, oh, it's funny how you, you know, you don't think fair is fair. But <laughs> when it comes to them two, it got to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I never, I never saw it as fair. Mm-hmm. And it has affected the way that I raise my kids, I can say. And early on, but my relationships, it hurt my relationships. The stuff with my dad, the stuff that was influenced to me from my dad, and then having to deal with that from my mom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has definitely messed up relationship stuff with me. So, I mean, it's cool. I mean, for me now to come to a place where I'm a lot better about talking mm-hmm. to it and seeking out the information, mm-hmm. because I think that that's what a lot of people, I think that's the thing a lot of people don't, a lot of us don't do as adults. Mm-hmm. Like, see how early in the episode you said, you know, did you ask why did your dad leave? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like ask, ask a woman why mm-hmm. did your dad leave. Well, yeah. go to him and find out. You know, ask him. Hey, especially know, as an adult, as an adult, you can have an adult conversation absolutely yeah. with them. You know about why did you leave? You know, ask ask your mom. And we as the offspring have to be okay with uh, catapulting answer. that. Co- and, and actually. Catapulting the conversation, yeah. we can't wait on them. They're not going to tell you. The, they're not going to do that. <laughs> they never mm-hmm. tell you. We know better, so we can actually have the conversation, and that's how you stop some of these generational curses. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it becomes cyclical and it just keeps revolving. It's like a revolving door. But this is why I'm such an advocate for therapy because whereas we don't sit down as family members and talk about the root of our pain, at least through therapy, it's getting out in some capacity. Yeah. I would much rather we be able to sit down as a family and talk about the things that have happened over generations and generations and generations, but mm-hmm. we don't do that. We don't. We don't do that. Well, I can honestly say my father was awesome, and any man that my mom ended up with always treated me like mm-hmm. a princess. Mm-hmm. I can say that. Like She never, and if he did mistreat me or look at me the wrong way, he was gone. Yeah, um, so I can say that like her, like I always say, her intentions were always good, but you feel like her delivery, delivery is way off. Well, that matters. We can't, yeah, we can't yeah. discount it. Yeah, delivery yeah. matters now. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, like my mom doesn't have any friends. Yeah, none. Like we oh, wow. are. Yeah, she. I am her friend. Mm-hmm. Does she <laughs> want friends? Does she want friends though? She did. At one she point did. in life, everybody wants friends. No, no. Mom, I know my mom. My mom does. My mom's a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. Like she gets into a situation, and she is. She'll come in here right now, hug everybody, mm-hmm. laugh, joke, mm-hmm. and you, the most lovable person. But she goes back home, and like it's just her in the apartment. She doesn't have anybody to say, "Let's go hang out." Let's, you know, and her close friend, who was the man she used to date since 
I was, he was the man that came after Mr. Winston. I think at the time I was maybe eight. He date like they dated from the time I was eight till I graduated college. Oh wow! And it's like twenty years or so, mm-hmm. and he just passed, and they were still friends. He just mm-hmm. pa- he died like a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about reconciling and getting back together, wow. which was okay, and it kind of went left when. She went to his house to clean up his stuff, and the woman he was dealing with was there. So, wow! It's always a wow story. Plot twist. <laughs> I know, right? Wow. Plot twist. Yeah, but my mom, my mom wants friends. She clings to people. Um, like there's a a girl that I dated one time, who my mom is still cool with, still talks to, like every freaking day, for no reason that I can't understand. And all she says is, "I like her." She's nice. And that's okay. good. And so, I mean, you know. Oh, no, that's not good. And then the well, fact that, I mean, but then a lot of it is on me because I don't answer the phone every time my mom calls. So, uh, that's not on you. Yeah, that's no. not on you. You don't I, have to. Yeah. What? Answer the phone. My mom, my mom. No, I'm you, saying that has nothing for no to do one. with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just. If you're busy, you're busy. No, it's not that. Sometimes my mama just. is. You got to protect your, spe- your with, peace. But my mama. With my, my mama, my brother. Like, I feel bad I don't answer the phone for my brother. Because my brother ain't got many people to call right now. He ain't got much to do. So, it's just emotionally draining talking to him. And then then my mom calls me and talks about him. So, it's just, I just be like, look, I can't do I, I, I have a question it. for you. Does that flow over in your conversations with women when they're telling you like an issue that's bothering them? Oh yeah! Mm. Oh, oh yeah! Mm. Oh yeah! Mm. Oh, listen, I can't. <laughs> look at me. Listen, I <laughs> look at me. I'm so the, I have so the much range. I have so much <laughs> emotional. I would say it's the things that I have to talk about with like family members and stuff is mm-hmm. always so heavy mm-hmm. that the person I'm dealing with, I just want it to be light. I want it to be enjoyable. I want it to be funny. I want it to be. Well, isn't that laughable. on you, not them? Yeah. Yes. Don't you have to be light and laughable? No, which is which is true. Um, which I agree with. I do agree with. Yeah. Cause um, you, so you, part you of it is kind of want people to accept everything you do. Yeah. I don't. A lot. It's like nah, that a ain't whole it, lot. <laughs> well, what I would I say don't is, care that you had to do that. That don't have nothing to do with. I know, but <laughs> to me, like especially if I've just talked to my mom, like it's just so much because I feel. The feelings that I go through with my brother, feelings of guilt, survivor's um, remorse. Uh, that's a, that's the next one. Feeling, <laughs> survivor's remorse. Uh, we both came up the same way. Mm-hmm. I feel like had I done some things differently, he wouldn't be in the situation he's in now. Because I feel like some of my decisions affected him. Because to a certain degree, without a male figure, my dad not being around or whatever, I was kind of the even though I was two years older than him. Mm-hmm. I was kind of the person he looked up to. Okay, and so some of the things I did, I feel, let him down astray. Then, so that's the guilt. Survivor's remorse. We both came up the same way, went, did the same things. It's just there was a part where I said, "Look, I'm gonna turn left here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get off this road." Mm-hmm. And he just kept going, and so kind of that. Um, then it's pain because just the imagining him locked up. Mm-hmm. Day in and day out, things he might have. Then you know you hear the war stories about jail, so it's like mm-hmm. you know I wonder what he has to do just to survive in their day to day. So there's a lot of that. You know, my mom, it's the the guilt of not being home, the feeling, you know, the empathy that or, or that I feel for her being alone, and you know, just mm-hmm. 
all of that kind of feeling. So, and my mom ain't the brightest person. She tries to laugh and stuff on the phone, but you could tell that she's really bothered. She's dealing with a lot. She's yeah. dealing with a lot. Mm-hmm. And then she, then she feels guilty about my brother mm-hmm. that she'll bring it up because there was some stuff that happened and she feels like it was her fault because he, when he's manic, he'll bring it up and blame her. So she kind of wigs on herself sometimes and she'd be crying on the phone. So it's just, so it's by the time it. I get to a person that I'm dealing with, I really don't want to. I, I want to hear that. I really don't want to hear what's going on. Like the, whatever well, problem you have with me at that point. Well, I'm can't kinda, you discuss that with him versus being dis- dismissive? I could. I'm just bad at it. Well, I mean, but recognizing that you're bad at it is also saying that you have the tools to improve it. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm bad at it. Maybe. <laughs> What's the start? You gotta start, you gotta, there, right? you gotta start, you gotta start, start somewhere. Yeah, like you gotta apply. Yeah, like I, I can call you back in ten minutes. I need to. Ten minutes to myself, and mm-hmm. yeah. okay. Well, that's something I can start. Yeah, you can, I, yeah. I can start there. I'll start. Please do. Have yeah. you had somebody to say how, and you're taking that? See, mm-hmm. I think sometimes people are people are willing to take advice from people that they that are worthy of giving advice. Oh wow! So you, people that, have to qualify themselves to give advice. No, I think that you 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 as a person have to qualify. You have as a person have to qualify them. That's some people. Some people are like sometimes that. their actions qualify. No, no, I'm saying like I'm saying by their actions, by mm-hmm. the person they are, mm-hmm. the person they are in your life, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like if I, I've used this analogy before, but if you're bad with money, you can't tell me, and I know you're bad with money. You can't give me money advice. But can't the person who gives you money advice tell you I'm bad? This yeah. is why you shouldn't yeah. do it. This is why you shouldn't. Do I it. can't. You stop don't want to be like me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you that, don't want to be. In but that's not what they're day. saying. I'm talking about when they're telling you. But that's something our, about that's our judgment. Yeah, and it could be that, but I think everybody has that, and I think some people are good at like I'm fine with taking advice from people that I respect. Um, if, if I don't respect I don't you, know. I don't. I don't agree with that. But you don't agree I don't either. I mean, well, I'll tell you why me. I don't. Okay. The best advice I ever got about drugs came from a crackhead. Yeah, but it was. It, but it's informed advice. I don't know what I, I didn't it, respect. He him. did the research. I didn't even but want to talk to him when he was talking to me. He was, I was a, trying to get he away. Was, he was a credible resource in English. We talk about credible and non-credible resources. <laughs> but you looking He's for credible? credible I was just trying to lead the store. Like I didn't <laughs> want your advice. I didn't want to talk to you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, as he was a credible resource. Okay. So okay. you know, I think that. But isn't that a way of being dismissive of people? Uh. Dismissive of people So even if I sit there And said I will listen to you I ain't gonna let you know I ain't listening uh, well, it, I'm, I, In your actions It comes across no. it comes Yeah across. And it does come across Yeah it comes across You don't it, think it comes across? No Absolutely Your facial expressions The tone of your voice <laughs> Absolutely See how I always take your advice What you mean but no, 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 no. You, uh, you respect oh, oh, No no he listens. Okay. <laughs> he don't take it. He has got the phone and does the complete opposite. Apply. Yeah. Like, nah, I didn't do that. <laughs> you talk an hour. Nah, I decided not to do that. But what? <laughs> so you what, will listen, but you won't. One last thing that, um, before we get out of here. Okay. Um, that affected me, like, with, um, with mommy issues mm-hmm. and daddy issues mm-hmm. <laughs> that affect me in a relationship. I am the only light skin in my, yeah. You got colorism? Yeah, my mom has a thing with light skins. Isn't your mama light skin? No. Oh, she's not. My mom is your complexion. I'm light skin. I'm not light skin. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what light skin. They have light skin tendencies. Wow, that that is a whole nother that is. deep topic. That is. So like yeah. I was always kind of bashed for being the light skin one and I can't help it. it oh, like, you mean kinda of like playful jokey, but it has it just 
that can just go too far and too long. Yeah. Too far and like it's still to this personal. day. Like my mom still says, like yeah, you know, you light skin, you smell funny. Um, oh wow! I mean, <laughs> like okay. when I come from outside, mm-hmm. like you it, know things like that. It could that. be outside that smells funny. Not mm-hmm. you. Sometimes those uh, you know, what's supposed to be sarcastic, funny little shade is really people projecting their hurt on you. Yeah, and even like with dating, like I kind of like oh, I wanted dark children. <laughs> Just because I oh, wanted wow. to be more acceptable in like, like I say. Mm-hmm. Growing up in a um, only you know only light skinned girl, I wanted to be like them, so I would get tans. Like I literally went to the tanning bed to get darker. So like yeah, that <laughs> that wow. affected me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. that affected me, and you know, and who I dated, not dating light skinned guys. Yeah. Oh. Well, that speaks volumes to our topic. It does. does. Our topic today was about our mommy and daddy issues and the things that we need to do to, first of all, recognize them Mm -hmm. and recognize how they impact the relationships that we get involved in. So we have a responsibility, guys, to not wait on other people to fix our problems, right? Absolutely. Got to be proactive. Have the conversation ourselves to begin healing. Mm -hmm. We do. All right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. It's your girl, Neek Cruz. Tisha Samuel, a.k.a. Professor T. C.L. Butler and your boy Yusef and we are out thank you for listening to another episode of the Relationship Status Podcast remember that you can catch us on iTunes Google Podcasts iHeartRadio Spotify Pandora and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast if you would like to join the conversation or leave us a dear Neek you can call us at 843-310-8637 that is 843-310-8637 Follow us on all social media platforms at R-E-L-S-T-A-T Podcast. And don't forget to comment, share, five-star rate, and review.